Hi, I'm Heather Morrison. On each show, guests share stories from their lives in theater, film, and TV. So grab your tights and tap shoes and meet the geeks in the green room. Hey, Geekers, I hope you enjoyed episode four, part one of my interview with Carrie Madsen. And here is part two, concluding that interview. So you went to L.A. and did... Like, did you have a place to land? Did you have a friend you stayed with? Or how did you make that transition? So as I said, I was making these little, because it's just down the state, right? Like six hours. Like that oh, right, right. That's reasonable. right. So I would just like come down for the weekend and go back up. And on one of those trips, I, I must have went, I, I must have just tried on the idea that I think I'd like to live here and do, do this. Like I, I was just seeing more, I think, um, Lori Burke actually said this in hers. It just felt like the pool got a lot bigger, a lot more opportunities, a lot, mm-hmm. um, a lot more possibilities for work because so much is going on down here. And so, uh, discussing that with Bolko. And <laughs> Wait, okay. You know what? How do you spell his name? It is B O L K O. Okay, because I've never had the Kahuna's to slow you down and say, okay, wait. Yeah, I, like I know what you're talking about. I know who you mean, and I've right. met him. He's a delightful man, but I was embarrassed because I'm like going, I can't see your name, and I can't keep it in my memory. It's it's not <laughs> most people age. call him Boca, like Boca Burgers. Yeah, but there's an L that I could tell that there was a, a hidden consonant in there, which is why I'm like, I know that's not going to be right. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm yeah, when we started it. dating, I didn't say it. I'd just go, Hey, you. Hey, you. Okay. Hey, B. <laughs> B? How's it hanging? <laughs> What's name? Sweetie. I just went right to sweetie. You went sweetie. Hey, Shotzi. Yeah, like fourth day. You don't know my name, do you? <laughs> Use that. That's good dialogue. <laughs> You're like, no, I didn't. I like you, but I can't say your name. Cannot do it. Yes, I think I came down and like took pictures of places for rent. I, someone that I knew um, that I really liked, she did some uh, career coaching um, or life coaching type stuff, but I was asking her for help just in uh, navigating LA and the the scene down here. And she said, you know, when I moved here, I found this great street called Hoffman Street and it was in Studio City. Uh, it was it was perfect. And I did find this little studio. So we went to Ikea for like, you know, $600, got all my furniture and he helped. He's really good at space. So he planned it so that this one room had like little designated areas. Cause if I'd done it, it would have just been a mishmash and very unpleasant. And he actually made it really livable. And I was there for five years happily. Wow. Uh, for LA, it had a lot of my Northern Cal um, requirements where I could walk. I didn't have to use my car unless you know, for my daily things, like there's a gym walking right. distance, a hiking hill walking distance, a Pete's coffee walking distance, wow. a bookstore walking distance. Ooh. Now you know what my life priorities are. That's, that's a Trader a- Joe's walking <laughs> distance. I, I, are you talking about the one near, uh, not SAG, uh, the Writers Guild? No way. Okay. I was, it's in the Valley. Oh, oh, in the Valley. Really like calm. It had like a nice family vibe to it. Oh. It was really, it was sweet. It was really sweet. Nice. Uh, and, um, Boko and I have this relationship where that was totally kosher for me to go to LA by myself and we would make that work. Uh, and for five years I was really content there. And, 
at the end of five years, it also became clear, like, I can't live in the studio anymore. <laughs> and that's when it was time to move. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And so while you were there, um, what was like the first thing that you kind of, after you lived there, what was the first thing that you booked? I mean, because when you oh. book, you move there and you book, I know. Like, now I have arrived. Right, right. right. And that took forever, really. Like, I mm. had interest. I had uh, management and... um and an agent. So I had people who believed in me and I definitely believed in me, but then it's that alchemy of the right time, the right part, the right everything lining up. Uh, as the business was transitioning to online submissions at that time, and boy, that had a lot of actors upset because they were used to having very face-to-face interactions with casting. And so now that turned into paying for a class with casting, which I thought was great because I just wanted to meet them. I didn't care. And like here, right. it was basically an audition. And I guess, yes, it was a paid for audition, but you know, it's you have to invest in your business. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't, it didn't get under my skin the way other people were really struggling with it. So that's how I was meeting casting. And that ended up being my secret, my secret weapon, because Mm -hmm. they were the ones who would call me. And it was never through my agent sending in my little thumbnail picture and someone choosing me. It was because they took notes on my work at a workshop and called me in. So um, very few auditions. And so that makes numbers difficult because basic, usually your numbers are one in 25. You book one in 25 auditions. And I would have maybe, I wouldn't even have 25 auditions. So that would have taken forever. Wow. I work with a lot of silence. That's my, um, that's been my uh, experience that there's a lot of silence and then something comes. And so I Mm. have to just be really open and do my job and not get in my head about it. Either to be really unhappy because it's quiet all the time. And also when the opportunity comes to not mess it up by getting all squirrely and going, I have one chance. I have one chance and I better get this result all over. No pressure or anything. No pressure. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) (laughs) But the fun thing I did is I think Veuve Clicquot is like the most special, like fabulous champagne in the world. Mm -hmm. So at one point I went and bought a bottle and put it on top of the fridge in my little studio. I know this old vintage funky refrigerator. I put it on top and went, I get to drink that when I book my first job. Awesome. Really cool. And the first uh, big audition that called me in was Days of Our Lives which was my soap opera in college. I think I saw it. Wait, did I see it? Did I see that where you would hurt your leg in like an... It was an explosion. Oh, explosion. And I was under the table. Yes, I was I on saw a it. I, saw, <laughs> I, I found it. It's You have it online. That's so cool. Yeah, it was... It was um, I went in and read the part and she goes, hmm, can you read this other part and threw me a different script? And I went, okay. And she goes, what we're looking for is someone... I mean, and this didn't end up even being part of the story. It's so funny, but this is like how casting is, you know, shifting as they're in the middle, especially a show, a TV show or a soap opera. They're just continually churning it out. She goes, we need you to look like this character from the back. So my hair needed to look like hers. Well, that (laughs) didn't end up, but that's how I I think I booked it. It was like, oh, she did a decent job reading and oh, her hair. Yeah. She looks like her from the back. So I got that. And um, it was my first big job. And soap is really uh, 
all of it's interesting when you get there because they expect you, they don't care it's your first job. They just want you to do the job and do it right. And time is money. So you are not going, oh, this is so exciting. It's my first job. Or I'm a little nervous. Sorry, can I do that again? Like, uh uh-uh, you do not have that permission. You just go. And yeah, that this is, I do this all the time. I got this. Uh, I spent a lot of time in hair and makeup a lot of time. Your hair was was really big. Glorious. And then I got to set and they, and hair and makeup ran over and shredded this brand new outfit that they had cut tags off, shredded (laughs) it and put blood and dust on me and through my hair. And I was like, that is so awesome. That is really awesome. That's really funny. Like brand new. You're like going, I know, right? (laughs) I wish I could have. People get to buy their wardrobe sometimes. Like, now I'm not going to. Can I have this? Can, can I have this? Sure, that'll be $2,000. I'm like, well, do I get a discount? Because she did shred it. It's, it's, I can't really ripped. wear it outside. <laughs> I was just going to hang it on my wall. It's like Giorgio, <laughs> but we don't care. Totally. It was amazing. It was such an insight into like just the league I jumped into. Wow. It was cool. And it is one take. It's literally, they just go, okay, get over there. I had to crawl under a table um, to pretend because the ballroom had exploded. It was just such an awesome premise. I loved everything about it. And so I get under the table and they're like, okay, and we're going. Action. Yeah. (laughs) I think the the guy who's a regular, my scene was with them. He's so handsome. They're just perfect looking. And Hope, who was on when I was in college, she looks exactly the same. Like I literally thought, yeah. (laughs) I know that or there, they have some secret. There's some secret. It's crazy. It's called witchcraft. I think it is. And plastic surgery. It, 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 yeah. it was insane. Um, just beautiful. So I think he introduced himself. So he was really kind because that he didn't have to. And yeah. it, it meant a lot like, okay, good. But then I was like, Carrie, just freaking do your job. Like, don't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. Totally. totally. professional at a soap. Oh my gosh. So yeah, and it was a two scene and that's where I've been really lucky. All these small things I go in for, I'm I'm not a lot of I never book the um I think this is interesting. I never book the one line wonders. Like and that's what a lot of Those are my hard, level right? of talent goes in for. The another cup of coffee, honey? Those never. <laughs> <laughs> and they should be so easy, but I think you're right. No, they're hard. You're coming in. You don't know anybody. You have to, you have to create a, a relationship with somebody like out of thin air, really super fast. Those, those sh- under fives or whatever they call them. Those and are I think hard. you just have to look at like, it needs to, you need to read that right off the, yeah. Like, oh, she's the crusty waitress or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. It's an archetype. It's like an archetype or. Yeah. Yeah. Stereotype. All yeah. those things. Oh gosh, we could talk about that too. That was a learning curve. Uh, so yeah, uh, I never booked those. And each role I got, um, which I, I'm really proud of just for my where I'm entering from and my lack of substantial credits behind me, they've all been like for two episodes or having longer scenes than than this single line thing. And that's been... That's been, but it's been really nice. It's been like this little present, I feel like, from the universe. Like, hang in there. You're only going to audition four times a year, but your numbers are one in four, (laughs) which is incredible, you know? Yeah. And and when you book it, it's going to be something you love, like James Corden. And they call me back. 
Oh, talk, talk about that. Cause the I, saw, funnest. I saw one of them and I'm like, going, wait a second. Were you really in the audience? I didn't understand. Like how, the, how does this work? And do people know? Because I don't think anybody knows that you are not an actress because you are so, you are beautiful, but you also are like very real. So do the, does the audience know? No, that, that was completely hidden. And, and it, wow. that was so thrilling to me because then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this live. And I have to be like sneaky Pete, like sitting <laughs> with the audience pretending I'm just, you know, a tourist from, yeah, going, woohoo. <laughs> All right, just go ahead. Can I do this? Yeah, that was a rush. I loved that. Tell me what you did. Uh, uh, one was so much fun. It was with Niall Horan, who sadly, I did not know who that was, but he's like a big boy band singer that anyone young knows who that is. He and James were doing uh, a spoof on the song Candy, and it was for trick-or-treating. So me and another gal were like the MILFs that opened the door to them and then flirted. So, And that was my first time on their show, and I thought that was just the best ever. How funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that was a really good one. I did... uh, Oh, he did a bit... He had Victoria Beckham on, and he was doing a spoof of... uh, mannequin that 80s movie yes yeah i didn't think on the download i didn't think this sketch was so super funny it was okay <laughs> but uh i just i was supposed to imitate this old lady from the the movie going like where is he going with that doll or something like that <laughs> but see i thought it would be funny if it was me really like if we made me look like her and i really did it like her but then they had me just dial it way back and do it like me and then i did to me, that wasn't funny, but no one asked me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stand here, say this. Exactly. Well, Fine. What's the one? You're standing with him, and I think you had like a gray sweater. Your hair was like kind That's of. That's the Christmas giveaway. Oh, so no, he was what's doing. That? He was pretending. He was pretending he needed to be like Ellen and do a big Christmas giveaway, but his were all wah wah. <laughs> And what did you win? I forget. Did he give you well, like a pen or something? I got a mug. <laughs> a mug. I, uh, um, I had just been on the Ellen show and won a BMW. So that's what I'm telling them. Like, oh, oh, and so I'm trying to act excited about the mug. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. That was really funny. And here's funny. I actually asked if I could keep the mug and they really <laughs> didn't want me to. Like, and I thought it's a freaking mug, man. Like you would, if I were Matthew Broderick, you would give me that mug, no problem. But because I'm just like here all day long for my two seconds on the show with you. You should have asked James Corden. He would have handed it to you and made a face. Like, of course you can have the mug. Like, don't even bother asking me that question. I'm busy. Yes. He seems like such, he seems like such a nice person. I don't know if he really is or not, but did you see Gavin and Stacey? Let's talk about this. Let's talk poop. Have you seen Gavin and Stacy? I actually don't know who Gavin and Stacy are. He co-wrote the show with the woman who was on the show. You have to see it. He is so repulsive. It's so amazing. It's a wonderful, funny show. That's where I first saw him and he came over here. Oh, and blew yes. Up. Yes. Sorry. Okay. I yes, did read yes. the New York Times article on him and it yeah. talked about that. And I have not watched that. Okay. I okay. thought you were talking about real people. Did I see them on set? Oh, and I'm like, no, I'm no, sorry. I think I saw his friend Ben and I think I might have some, <laughs> was like on another planet. Ben Affleck? No, I'm just kidding. No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I should, I did not give you any kind of framework for that. But yes, that's a, got it. No, I would like to watch too. that. Yeah. And he's, he's a young buck, but I, 
I realized at one point that he co-wrote this thing. Okay. And I can tell you this, he, he, he's such a hard worker. So each time I've been Mm. on the show, I have had evidence of how hard he works. He's usually coming from taping or doing another segment to into what we're filming. Um, in the instance of the live one, when we did just a quick run through before they brought the audience in, he was going through the jokes and the material they had him doing for his opening speech. And he absolutely weighs in and goes, nope, that's not it. No, it needs to be this. Da, 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 da. And, and he was so, his, his on air persona is so bubbly. And that one had such intelligence and in like a gravitas. And I was like, it was cool just to see yeah. um, that there is such a bright mind who could write, who could do that Broadway show. What was it? The gentleman, uh, two masters. I don't it was, know. Oh my gosh. It's- Watch the snippet they put on the Tonys of him. His, his physical comedy is beyond. It's so, so good. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll check it out. Master of two servants or servant of two masters, maybe servant of two masters. That would make more sense, but that might not even be the title. And sorry, whoever knows that and is just cringing that I got that so wrong. No, no, this is good because Um, then people can feel smarter than us. So it's okay. Okay. I like that. I'm all about that. And, and even when he did the music video, like he's just, he, he steps in front of the camera and he's. It's almost like he's channeling all the material, all the words he needs, all the lyrics. Like He kind of blew me away. And I love giving shout outs to celebrities when they do really nice things. Yeah, uh, A friend who works in the editing of, of that show, uh, he posted on Instagram during the pandemic that um, James had sent everyone like the makings of a pasta dinner with like really nice cheese and sauce and pasta and a bottle Mm. of wine and bread. And he goes like, look what my boss sent me. And I just went, anyway, during the pandemic, I think we all were really eager for stories of people doing the right thing. The haves really reaching out to the have nots or (laughs) in different varying degrees. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really nice story. That's, that's, that's a class act for sure. Class act. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And it's not like, here's a, here's a BMW. <laughs> like, thanks. I can't eat a BMW and I probably already have one if I'm in the industry. Thank you. It's like I'd sell it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. That's always, a little over the top. That's not, that's not useful. I think it's really funny. And of course, I'm always looking out my window when this is happening. So I'm, you know, I'm, Your I'm entertainment. Been, I'm I'm that old cranky lady that you saw growing oh. up. Okay, so Agnes ha- Kravitz. A- Agnes Kravitz. Who's yeah? Who's that? Oh well, she's the old cranky lady on Bewitched. Oh oh, that's me. I mean, I may not look like her. Who but wouldn't want to be Agnes Kravitz? She's I mean, fabulous. I am the woman. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, we did something you're not supposed to do, which you're not supposed to knock on a door for a house that's dark, right? And I'm thinking, it's Halloween. Everybody should be giving out candy. So, so I knock on this door and nobody comes to the door. And they're like, hey, you know, my friends, let's, let's just go on. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I'm like, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm like knocking. Amazing. And woman finally answers the door and I go, trick or treat. She goes, didn't you notice that my lights were off? <laughs> I'm like, and I go, yeah, or something. I don't remember what I said. But you're supposed to give out candy. I know. I, did, oh, I didn't say her. that. I didn't say that. <laughs> 
And uh, I, I just have this feeling. It feels like it's a it's a collective agreement. You know, it's a tribal thing. And then she goes, "Okay, hold on, just a second. She no goes, way. She. <laughs> what did you get? I I think she gave me a box of raisins. <laughs> That's not that bad. I thought it would be like a fuzzy peppermint from her coat pocket. or No, that would know. be like, hold on a second. <laughs> uh, for those of you who can't see, I'm like patting my body like I have pockets. Um, no, she like literally disappeared. And I'm like going, maybe I should leave. Um, it's one of those. I don't even know. It was like a snack size box of raisins. What yeah, those... does an old lady have with a snack size box of raisins? <laughs> that is like the worst Halloween treat. It is. I it, like. is. it was awful. I'm sure I threw it away. Raisin people. God, I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> um, so tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to take a left turn here. Okay. Um, Speaking, c- continuing on with the car analogy. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. We have gone way over, but I'm having too much fun. So I'm going to keep going. Is that okay with you? Of course. Okay. Car analogy. <laughs> left turn. <laughs> I'm a little slow on the uptake. Okay, I got it. Um, so uh, tell me about the, the, I don't know if you want to call them alter egos. You have Alice, you have the CEO, and you have Elle. And the thing that I've seen most on your YouTube channel is Alice, who I love. And since I do admin work on for, to get paid money, she's the, I'm like, not that I'm like Alice, but I love Alice. So anyway, tell Everyone me loves about Alice. Them. Yeah. Everyone loves Alice. She's universal. She's the best. Uh, you know, it's again what I was saying before about um how I have peace during all the quiet in between work and auditions mm-hmm. uh is entertaining myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so the that can audience. be right? Oh, completely. And that can be, you know, continuing class. Um I love uh dance class. So that's uh, something I feed my soul with. And this one day after class, it was a conversation uh, about having to um, to really uh, promote yourself or, or be, the, be, do all the work yourself, kind of a one-man band. And then uh, maybe she even said to someone, that, well, can you put on a hat and pretend you're someone else or something came about in like a few came, came at me from a few different directions where I was like, I got home and I went, <laughs> I have all these wigs. Cause I think wigs are amazing. And I, I went, Oh my gosh, what if I like made up now, like my team of who's going to do all my work for me. And I just did like these little intros and just sent them to the teacher just to make her laugh or to our class. And that's how it started. Oh. But weird is when I put on the wig and what I thought that person would wear and set up, you know, my phone where I was filming them, the words and who they were just came out of me so easily. And I was like, oh, these people live in me. Uh, so that's how they started. And then I just started finding little jobs for them to do. Uh, <laughs> and not just the, the boring work, but like ways I could just crack up. Really all my stuff I do that way is to just... In, a lot of it is really to have Bulko go, no, you didn't. And I'll go, yeah, I did. <laughs> because he's, he always goes, I wouldn't post that if I were you. And I'll go, why not? <laughs> you mean, you mean the stuff where you're dancing in public places? That's totally, <laughs> totally. 
totally. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, did you get permission? Because like you kiss this deer in this one place. I'm like, this is a really interesting place. Some of it's corded off. And I'm like, how did you get away with this? Who's holding the camera? How did this happen? Okay, so Bolgo has become my camera person for a lot of it. Or or I will just set up a tripod or use a selfie stick. Like the Sylvia, when she goes to, um, I love this one. When she goes to do karaoke, I never do karaoke. I'm, it like terrifies me. I and do, so I've I decided, that so, oh, most wonderful time of the year. It's amazing. So Sylvia goes to do karaoke. So I went to this karaoke bar that was near where I live. And Bulko did come with me. I had to buy a drink. And I don't drink that often. Like I like some wine, but I had to like get a cocktail. And it was just so, the whole thing was amazing. And then all these people who are seriously doing their karaoke. And then they call up Sylvia. And I was like, oh, my God here we go. So Bolko filmed that, but I went to the mall to do all like the supplemental about Sylvia. Cause she's kind of a curmudgeon, you know, happiest time of the year, Sylvia. And so I was at the mall by myself <laughs> doing that with my camera and a selfie stick. Oh my I was in this, I was in the Disney store because I thought that was a really great juxtaposition. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, you are so beautiful. And I couldn't take it. Like I was... I was looking at her like, you can't be serious. Like, Sylvia is so not beautiful. And I'm she so is. not beautiful. She oh, my gosh. Sylvia is the CEO, right? Yeah, yeah. That black wig with your eyes. I'm like, going, wow, this is oh, a really interesting look for you. That is so funny. Yes. I don't I, I don't find Sylvia attractive at all. Um, but, but I the best, this is my just all-time favorite story. Like, I will tell you this story, and I just, my whole body infuses with bubbles of joy. I got a audition notice through casting for the musical, the NBC live musical version of Hairspray. And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. And it was a dance call. And I go, well, that could be kind of fun. And then as I was thinking about considering it, because that's one that's not through my agent. That's going to be my own gas, not just literally, but figuratively. And and then I went, well, wait, where is that? And I looked it up. It's like an hour and a half away. And I had to be there at 9 a.m. And I'm like, whoo, 9 a.m. to dance an hour and a half away. I don't know. So I put it down again. And then I was like, hmm, well, what if I got a hotel in the area? I mean, just for kicks. I mean, let's just like play this through. What what would happen? So I get on one of those sites and I got a, ho- a really nice hotel room for $66 and like what? 60 cents. And six is my favorite number. So I'm like, oh, oh this is getting kind of cool. I go, okay, so I'm definitely committed. I'm going to do this. And then my next thought, and I don't remember how this came to me. I was like, oh, wait, I shouldn't go to the audition. Alice <laughs> should go to the audition. And so uh, that was born the next morning, putting on the wig and then an, a rehearsal outfit for Alice. I was so nervous. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? This is crazy. Cause this is for real. And I kind of have to use my own name because they need my equity card and all my, you know, my professional rigmarole. But then I fully intend that it's Alice who attends this. Wow. So, um, it's so ballsy. I, Let me I just was, say, I, so ballsy. And I think <laughs> thinking about like doing it after the after, like getting to go, he he he, I did it. That's the only thing that that allowed me, gave myself permission to follow through because I I was so. When I arrived, they were like, "Okay, here's your number, and you're in the next group. Go get ready." And I went, oh, "I have to get on my clothes." So I had this housewife dress, and. uh, 
I filmed Alice in the bathroom getting ready and then stepped out with my number. And we had to learn the choreography from a video initially for the first cut. Mm. And uh, I went in and I put my phone, I just kind of like stuck it out of my huge handbag so I could sort of film it. So it's, it's kind of a janky shot, but you could see enough. And I am the only, there's one other middle-aged woman there, but she's dressed like all the kids in like bike shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm in like saddle shoes and this housewife dress and I'm, I'm being hairspray, but Alice is hairspray. And um, all the kids are being really friendly to me. So I finish the first one. No competition, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I go to pick up my purse, like, and that was fun. Bye-bye now. And then I hear my number and I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding me. And they're like, you're going for the second round. I'm like, okay. So then we had to learn more choreography. And uh, I think I went four rounds. And at one point, this would be my green room. What a green room story. I have another one though too, but uh, we're in like, it's in a big hotel. It's in a casino. It's even cheesier than that. And so we're in a room that they've designated for us with the wall dividers and such. And this girl goes, I want to be friends with you on Facebook. What's your name? And so I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's Carrie Madsen. And she, she types it in and looks up. She goes, and she looks at me. She goes, did you cut your hair? And I'm like, do people not see this as a wig? Like it is so freaking obvious to me. And I just went, yeah, yeah. I cut my hair. She was, I suck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that picture. It's that young, young brunette going. Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. So at the end I was with 12 other dancers. Uh, Oh my gosh, there was like some jumps up in the air to like a squat. Like my legs were Whoa. killing. Like I barely wow. had it in me because we'd just done it over and over and over. So it was the last 12 where they had the, they chose the one. So I got to the final cut. <laughs> That's amazing. Makes me so happy. Right. I went up to the choreographer after and I go, why did you keep me? And he <laughs> looks at me and he takes me up and down. He goes, how could I not? <laughs> And I've seen the video. I just want to say this in full, full whatever the whatever the word is. What is that word? Transparency. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's another word, but uh, full uh, disclosure. Anyway. Full disclosure. Yes, full disclosure. I have seen. It. I've watched it multiple times. I I think it's it's brilliant. And you're such a good dancer. What I love is how contained. Like I don't. I don't know if this is your natural style or Alice's style, but it's I was Alice's looking style. at you and I'm like going, this is the way my voice teacher would dance. <laughs> she, she, my voice teacher is a wonderful dancer. She's natural, but she's delicate and, you know. Very precise. Yes. No, that's very Alice's. precise. Yeah. That's and I'm like, moves. I'm like, a, I'm not going, I could never rein it in. I am like, <laughs> All over the place because you know I steady dance too, and I never I just, just always wore myself out. I'm like I gotta pull it in, or I'm not gonna be able to get through the day. You know, I think you could. You just have to put it in as a character. That's all it is. 
Content- well, yes, I think you're right. If I saw it as a character, I, I would from the get go be like doing that. But part of me just likes to like cover a lot of space and well, yeah, that's sleep so and stuff, you totally. know. Yeah, no. I've hurt myself because my spirit wants to fly, but my body's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I think we all have. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah. such a great story. I'm so glad you told that story. But you said you had another story, another green room story. Oh, well, you know, I, I was just, I was racking my brain. And it's interesting because one of the things that you lose when you go from a community experience or the school experience is you do lose the green room because time is money. So they have green rooms and they have really good snacks and really nice furniture, but you don't spend time in them. That's a really Um, good point. You spend time in a dressing room, uh, but the green rooms, no, 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 barely. Barely. And when I've been on like James Corden before I had to, when they were hiding me from the studio audience, I saw the green room for the the real people. Like I was in a weird room with like <laughs> the closet. broken furniture. What am I basically, standing in here? Basically. It <laughs> here, let me turn the light on for you. Broken furniture. It, ha- it was like, it was a really dismal, like a, a naked bulb. But the green room where, you know, I think Matthew Broderick was on that episode. So their names are are on these beautiful purple stars on each of the doors. And then there's this mm-hmm. huge room with big flat screen TVs and a pool table and a coffee bar with stools and like really lovely. No one was in there. <laughs> no one. Maybe, maybe one um, tech guy was like eating a carrot stick, but <laughs> nothing. So... So green rooms like that leisurely, I don't know if it's, you know, it almost feels sometimes like people, it's busy equals important. So, you know. Yeah. And we're paying you, right? It's kind of like the thing when you're a PA, um, I have a friend who she used to joke that she was the oldest PA in Los Angeles because she went down when she was 35 and started working as a PA on set. She says, you do never sit. I don't, she says, you don't, it doesn't matter if you have nothing to do. You always have something to do. But if there are d- any kind of downtime, you do not sit. <gasps> and so, yeah. So that was really, that's why it is. PA is profession for a young person. Young person, for sure. Has a lot of stamina. I also want to talk about a little bit about Good Girls Revolt and <sighs> Gilmore Girls. And oh, we're going to run out of time. No, we're, we're past running out of time. This is going to be a super long I'll episode. Really, 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 really fast. Like a comedy. Okay. (laughs) What was, okay. So you obviously worked with Anna Camp, who actually I recently heard she had COVID and she's still, she's still regaining her taste. Like she can't taste things very well. And her sense of smell. Yeah. So she got really sick and I loved, I loved that show. I was so disappointed when they did not re-up that show because it was so well done and so timely. It had and such potential. So it had such potential. Yes. Yeah, that oh, was totally interesting. Did. It's um well what we were saying about Merrily We Roll Along, you know, the tragic four performances and it dies. Some things uh it's the window. Like sometimes you just miss that window where a show gets to be a hit and gets moves on or gets closed down. Mm-hmm. And it felt like um I can't remember now why I have this impression if I saw the writer or if I just read articles, but it was that somebody somewhere wasn't just wasn't a fan. And so, and they had the, um, 
the power to just say, nah, and they weren't able to, I know, I know. It's interesting. I think about that a lot about when something is successful, a business, a show, a something. It's, it's pretty interesting to wrap your brain around or think about, but here's the tragedy for me in that. (laughs) The most fun was going for my costume fitting and they had all these beautiful vintage clothes, just beautiful, including Ferragamo shoes and everything from the time period. And because my character was wealthy, these clothes were just scrumptious. And so they fitted me not for just the episodes that we were shooting, but for going forward in the storyline, like I had a wardrobe for Christmas oh. and a wardrobe for this. Like they built, but they call it building a character's closet. So I'd never had wow. that before. And it was really exciting. And, and that, I mean, so stupid, but that's something that I mourned when we didn't, I didn't get to wear all the clothes. We didn't get to I'm, wear my and, closet. I, and the clothes that you wear are so amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Fabulous. That that pill that pillbox hat. That was amazing. Totally. I know. Such a great show. Well, all they need to do is the time period isn't right. Well, you had just have to be on Mrs. Maisel then. Oh, you know, that's a all I can say. Fantastic. That would be show. a great fit for you with your talents. And you'd get that time period. Oh my gosh. They're New York. The per- and at, hey, you did Gilmore Girls. You got an in. <laughs> Think of all the people that woman has met over her years of writing. I mean, how many years was Gilmore Gir- Girls on? I think it was on like seven years. Plus, they did that a year in the life, and right. they're doing a reboot. Did you know that I did they're not. doing a second year in the life? Year in the life of ah. yeah. wow, and it continues. Uh, <laughs> I know. I I was kind of disappointed, I have to admit, because I was such a huge fan. And I'm, I was just like going, this feels like a really good facsimile yeah. for most of it. And then it started to feel pretty good. And then it ended. And I'm like, oh, well. What was it like working with Kelly Bishop, who was in the original chorus line? What? What? In... <laughs> In the flesh. Okay. She's she's great. Um, She's a real human. And that's like my highest compliment because we actually talked about um, her husband and her marriage and, and just really hung out because we sat together at our end of the table. So in between takes, she and I would visit, but the day before, wow. when we were doing the scene where we're all out in her garden, we did have time in a quasi green room, um, sitting on the director's chairs outside of the set. And um, this is so, I'm actually not embarrassed. I actually think this is awesome. But people who are Kelly Bishop fans, I think, are horrified by this. I knew her as grandma on Gilmore Girls. I was not clued in that Kelly Bishop is Sheila. I didn't know who this broad was. Sheila. That's what it was. Not Peggy. Okay. Um, yeah. I didn't know who this broad was that did Gilmore Girls. Cause I just, I, when Gilmore Girls was on, I didn't follow it. I just, I, yeah, I don't, again, don't know where I was, but that I, it wasn't my jam. Uh, and so we're sitting around and I had asked her some question, um, just getting to know her and she had spoken of growing up in Colorado. And so I had that information. And then, um, the other ladies, someone must've said something about dance and she goes, well, I used to be, uh, or I used to study ballet. And 
I've been in Coruscant three times. That material really like soaks into your DNA. It just does. Like yes. uh, all the tunes, all the stories, all the words. So uh, I, my body put together <laughs> Colorado ballet and I went, oh, I go by any, why would you, put, I, because why would you put together Colorado with ballet and chorus line? Um, when she's, I must have known the Colorado piece from, uh, from the at the ballet story. I must have known. Oh, it's her. It's it's her. Story? She's an original, so that's her story. Oh, oh, see, I knew she was an original. I have the album when my mom gave it to me, still with the freaking liner notes. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was her story, even though I know how. I know it how came the, about. The show right. came together. Yeah, the show came about, but I didn't realize it was her. Well, thank story. you. You're just now making okay. me feel better because I yes. I was going all of a sudden. I went. Wait, were you in Corsi? And she goes, Yeah. And one of the other ladies goes, Carrie, yeah, of course. And I was like, Get out of my moment here. Like, back off. Yeah. Like, I get, like, we, you all know Kelly Bishop and how fabulous she is. I'm getting to discover this right now. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. So I put it, put it together myself and I was so pleased. And then to, to go, Oh my gosh, your story. That's amazing. You were part of that Michael Bennett workshop. And yeah, it was, it was really cool. So not only is she a, a great lady, um, you just, people like that, you're like, I'm so glad you had your success. And thanks for sharing that story with the world because Course Science just yeah. theater, theater history. But beyond that, it's, it's part of the bones. lore. Yeah. It's part of, Anybody who's come from theater, I just feel like it's somehow a part of your story. It, if it isn't, I just can't imagine how it it's could so be. It's so true. At different times, different characters are you. It's really yeah. true. I mean, that was me. I danced around my living room. I mean, literally, who didn't? If you were dancing or into musical theater or just artistic, you danced around your That's living right. room. I did until somebody came home and then I would dash out of the room. With them. <laughs> I didn't do it, it for wasn't anybody. Public. It was not public, not for public <laughs> for my, my inner audience stardom. Of so course, cool. But yeah. Uh, I never did. I never did that show. I, uh, I think it's funny. I never did Oklahoma, but I did do Once Upon a Mattress twice. And I've done some weird little shows like an Archie Mahitable. Ah. Very weird little <laughs> show. I played a, what did I pay? Um, a, not a bumblebee. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It, I don't know that show. show. It's, it said there was a comics, I think, from the 20s oh. about a cat and a cockroach. And <laughs> believe it or not, they turned that into a musical. Amazing. Actually, it could be kind of charming. <laughs> it, it actually was. It kind of reminded us, it reminded me a little bit of cats, but I hate oh, cats yeah. so Repulsive. much. Archie Mahitable is good though. It was fun. I had a cute little costume. I had uh, antennas and I had this red skirt with polka dots. Oh, adorable. So I was happy as a clam. As as adorable as a 45 year old woman could be, 37 year old woman could be in a a ridiculous costume. Yep, yep, you are. You are. You embody cute. It's true. And you could totally carry off polka dots. It's true. Oh my God. I'll have to find a picture and send it to you. Oh, please somehow. do. 
Uh, I, I think you would get a little bang out of it. I'm sure there's a picture of me being, why is that? What is this? Oh, I was a ladybug. That's what I was. Among oh, cute. Other things, I was a you should put that on yeah. the uh, green room um, Facebook <laughs> feed so that people have some visuals to go with our talk oh. today. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I hadn't thought about it. I'm not really, I'm still trying to figure out like how to leverage Facebook for that kind of stuff. Um, yes. Okay. So. I know. I haven't, I haven't like a million questions, but I think I had all the really big things. Did you think about or contemplate or reflect upon anything that you wanted to share beyond anything that we've talked about today? <laughs> no, I really showed up here just excited to see what we came up with in the moment. And I love everything we talked about. This was I know. energizing. So much fun. Well, you're energizing me. Oh, I wanted to just ask you. So the way you're pivoting now, people talk about pivoting during COVID. You, <laughs> such a great word. Isn't it such a great word? I mean, like, it's just the oh, buzzword. It's a I'm move. not leaning in. I'm pivoting. <laughs> That's right. I have to say, I kind of hate this leading in thing because this is me leaning in. <laughs> this is me. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, for those of you listening, I just did a, a bit where I fell asleep on my hand and fell over. You have got this gig with Netflix. Right. See. So how does that um see? See. In fact, I just before our call, I'm like going, oh my God, this money heist thing is out. I should go try to find you. And like I'm like, well, men, men, 20-year-old woman, where's where where would be carry? And then I'm like, I ran out of time. So I couldn't. Yeah, find yeah, you. yeah. Don't, don't. And really, I I mean, again, I love this job. I love this gig. But what we're doing, although the, the intent is beautiful to have actors really get the emotional intention uh, and the, the setting as accurately as possible, plus the lip matching, it's, That's hard. it's a great idea and, and they're doing a really good job, but it does not match. I mean, the real actor's voice is just, it's, you can't replace it's that. It's sublime. Right? You can't, you can't. Yeah. But it's a great way to pay your bills, right? It and, is. And it's a you're gig right. and you're meeting people. And oh, it's, it's lovely. Netflix. And so, it's actually really fun. I like the challenge. I mean, I've had to like scream like I'm falling. It's so weird to do the action without doing anything, <laughs> like standing still. Like don't move because you'll, you know, either explode on the mic or tap something you shouldn't but then um, in the film you're getting uh, and I've done some weird ones I've had crazy sex with my husband like howling I've uh got pushed I was dragging an animal's carcass and it was too heavy and then it like the head comes off and I fall down a basement trap door oh god I mean like hilarious stuff wow so so yeah, it, I actually funny. really enjoy it. <laughs> so, um, so are they, how does this, how does the project work? You get hired and then you, they send you the scripts or how are they doing this? No, that would be really cool if they sent us the scripts, because then I feel like I could do an even better job. Mm -hmm. So it's very much, it's pretty fast. So they will just actually what it is now for a while, I was getting the clips and really strong NDA statements to not share this mm -hmm. is happening. And I would have the clips of my scenes and I would record into um, my recording uh, program on my computer and then send them the files. Since then, they've been scrambling to figure out how they like to do this. And there's a couple interfaces um, that they've developed so that we're both the director or the engineer and I are watching 
the clip at, and it will have the dialogue at the bottom plus like signals for inhales and exhales and lip smacks and things like that. But it's actually easier to watch those than it is. Like I'm getting, I'm getting all these different skills that didn't, <laughs> that I'll never need again. <laughs> uh, so we're watching that together and they're recording me into the program at the same time. Wait, what was your question? Wow. I just like forgot what I, I was guess answering. I was just wondering like how it works. So, so you're, oh, right. You're totally so up. no, I'm not seeing. I, and like, if it's a, if it's a series and it has an arc, I'm blind. I'm like doing this woman just based on what, how she did it. I listened to her uh, in Spanish or her native language. And then I do my best to copy the intent and the tone and then maybe a few episodes later, I'll go, oh, now I see what I was doing. So it's very weird. <laughs> but how- I guess that could happen the way they write now, too. But because I'm copying a performance, yeah. it would be great to have more information. Yeah. So, so are you looking at it and then you have what you're supposed to say on the bottom of it? Like how- Exactly. Really? Yeah. And it just kind of scrolls? So you're like, it's uh, like a ticker tape. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's really crazy. Wow. That's a really interesting gig. Do you have anything else lined up or, um, is there, you know, season two not- of Money Heist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you probably can't tell us NDA. Yeah. 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 But there's been like three or four different shows I've been working on during quarantine. So those oh. will all be coming out. Uh, and then my other thing I'm working on is, is my own thing for my YouTube. I really like my YouTube channel. Me too. <laughs> so stupid, but it's so fun. Like just being in charge of it. Like, yeah, I want to put this up. Yeah. And so I'm doing a dance project that, um, and the characters joined me for the teaching. So I choreographed, uh, the song, Mr. Blue Sky, which is just so happy, feel good. And I'm hoping that I'm going to put a deadline on it and ask people to learn the choreography and film themselves in whatever way, shape, form they want to. Like, I hope Ooh. people will be crazy creative and then send me their their tapes. And then I'm going to edit it together for one big joy fest. I want to do that. Oh, please, would you? I mean, right now I do. I just, I perform, you perform to nobody to your inner, to your empty living room. And I perform to my parents. Like I perform to my circle of family and friends and hopefully not so much that they go, Oh my God, Carrie, stop. No. And then you can say, well, just take a, just take a break, mom. There'll be stuff back in the queue when you're ready to come back. Mom, watch me. Mom, mom, look at me. me. It's like in the pool, right? Mom, mom, exactly. Mom, watch me. Watch me. Poor woman. She's trying to read her book. It was her summer, too. You know, okay. When I was a kid, I dragged my mom to the pool every day and I pretended to be like a mermaid in the pool all by myself. And in fact, I have a chip on my tooth because at one point it it seemed important to me to be smiling while I was under the water. And then I ran into the edge of the pool and I still had a chip on my tooth. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. <laughs> I just wanted to the be cameras were down there, like Esther yes. Williams. Oh, I love Esther Williams so much. Of course, you've seen Hail Caesar. Please tell me you've seen Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah. Okay. So good. <laughs> I think that Scarlett Johansson did a wonderful <gasps> facsimile of that. That whole thing is beautifully 
Oh, oh my I'm God. I'm a big fan of hers. Jojo Rabbit, too. Just lovely. I haven't seen that because I'm Jewish. Oh. I'm a little afraid of the whole Nazi thing, but maybe I should like bite the Oh, my gosh. I feel like it would be your Nazi movie. <laughs> because... <laughs> yes, I did just say that. Because... Because I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like someone actually told the story with with a sensitivity to the yeah oh. no it has the it has the whimsy it has the seriousness it has the the um oh it's so I don't even want to put it into words because I feel like going to that movie without having an expectation is is a delight like it's yeah and I could be wrong and if if I am I deeply apologize but I feel like you would you would really I would get it it. It, yeah is it is it Coen Brothers it's somebody no it's a Tatiko I I, I'm gonna oh god I feel really bad even trying to say his name he's a New Zealand director and actor okay okay and he has like a really interesting cool tribal name okay that I wish I could say. In fact, I am going to look it up because it should be said out loud and uh, and it should be said correctly. Like I just, oh, you know what I didn't get to talk about? Maybe you can have me on. Taika Waititi. There you are. Okay. Um, someday I would love to talk about the play Breathe. Uh, that was, oh. we went. I got to go to the National Black Theater Festival with and it is to date like the most impactful and important play I've ever been in in my life. Talk to me about Breathe because I don't remember seeing anything about that in the, in the research that I did. And that's so interesting because here's a play that, uh, oh, it's, it's breathtaking and it was ahead of its time and it should be known. And I love that even when you are Googling Carrie Madsen and pulling things up that it doesn't show up. Like it's such a big mystery to me and perhaps it is timing. I do not know, but this is what the subject of that play is. Uh, it's written by a man, Javon Johnson. Uh, he wrote it in 2001. It's called breathe and it has spoken word uh, in it that the two young men perform that it's just adds to it. It's so theatrical and lovely and um uh, really, uh, it tugs on your heart, on your emotions, on your, on everything. It's a life changer. And he wrote it in 2001. And in 2014, uh, hold on. David Garner, uh, died due to police brutality and used the words, I can't breathe. And that line is in the play. And so it's almost like he channeled all that was coming up. And I think that's fascinating. So the play is the stage split, a black family and a white family, mother, father, and son on both sides. And it's in Chicago. The white family son, uh, because of pressure at home to just fix things, you just got to fix yourself. You just got to do this, like all this pressure. He actually takes his father's gun, who's a policeman, to school and and does a school shooting. And one Whoa. young boy dies, and it's terror. On the black side, 
this young boy has a new bike and he's out in his neighborhood and the neighborhood's risky and you have to have your toughness and your cred to be respected in that neighborhood. This is how he feels as a young man, a young black man. And so someone takes his bike and he gets a weapon and he shoots him. So the center of the stage is these two boys in a jail cell and it's the families reeling from this happening. And so it's black, white, it's our justice system, it's family, it's mother, son, it's father, son, it's mother, father. It's so good. Wow. We performed it in LA and it just, people, whoever would come would get it and love it, but not that many people came. And it was in this theater that is known for being a feeder theater, like that things get picked up and taken to this other venue. Oh, and it did say, not. It's, it should go to Broadway. That should be oh, on Broadway. Well, it's without COVID. It should be on Broadway. <laughs> exactly. It was so, so cool, but weird. It's just silent crickets. So we all sadly put it to rest and went on with our lives. And a year or two later, the National Black Theater Festival, Festival happens. Um, consequent uh every other year and so uh the director levy lee simon uh had contacts there and submitted the play and it was received so we got to go to this festival that is so my as a white woman getting to be at that festival i was it was so fulfilling and amazing and all the stories are told from the black perspective and uh, I was having my eyes opened in the way that is now everyone is having to face. At the time, um, just by doing these plays and being in these conversations, there was another play I was doing too where I played a racist. Uh, and, uh, but it's that, it's that unknowing racist, right? Someone yeah. who just is just in their bubble. And at talkbacks and things, I was learning this conversation and I was really struggling with it. Like, but I'm not a racist. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like black people. I have black friends. It's like, <laughs> nah, you don't get it. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm so appreciative to have had that experience going into the movement and the riots and the black lives matter and what we're doing now. Cause I feel so strongly like, yes, let's, let's do this. You know, I have my, all my reading material. I'm going to dive deeper, but this play, I had a white friend come. She was, um, the national black theater festival is primarily a black audience. Yeah. Um, and she came to see it and was blown away. And I was like, can you imagine if more white people could see this play, like theater is so visceral, right? You just learn so much. It's different than, I mean, you can in a movie too and in a book, but it just feels like theater in the moment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just said different, like you're confronted. I've been confronted in theaters is how I would put it for some reason, because you're with other people in the dark and you can't not be there, like receive it. Yeah. Of course you can, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
When something's important, I contradict myself because I start circling it, looking at right, it from right. other perspectives. Right, right. But, but I think I'll just leave that as it is. So, so performing there was literally one of my, the most proud moments I've ever had. It's a difficult play. It is um, both the other gal, Lynn Ross, who played the, the Black Mother, she and I were both ill when we went to the callbacks, like so nervous in our stomachs about having to go to where this script was going to ask us. Mm-hmm. But we had just anxious, you know, like, why am I going to this? I don't even want to do this. Like, all this weird self-talk that we would often bring up during the process and go, remember that? And would you have ever changed this experience to, to now just be scared of it? No. It was, oh. I would love, I've heard rumors of, you know, uh, their funding, getting, um, receiving funding to take the arts out for training that that would be used for race sensitivity and cultural um, awakening. And I love that idea. And I would love for that play to find its place. I don't need to be part of it. I just need the play. I mean, and I'd love to, but I don't, it's, it's the play that yeah. I would love to see have breath. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes full circle, ladies and, and gentlemen. It comes full circle. <laughs> well, you maybe you could be one of the producers or something. Like I, you could bring it to Oakland. That'd be interesting. Right? Uh, bring it to New York. In the age of COVID, maybe there's some way to do it. Record it. And see if you can dangle it in front of PBS or something like that. Get it so right. people are even just do a big, raise money, make it as a, you know, they, the way they shot Hamilton, like shoot it as a, as a theater performance, not a movie, and then have a website and you buy the movie for a dollar or something to pay for it. Something like get it yeah. out, get it out there get some publicity, have a launch, you know, treat it like a treat it, They already have a product. They just need to shoot. They do need to shoot it. They'd have to. I wait. know those are all good, really good ideas. Yeah. So thank you for letting me talk about that because yes. it was, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like it was really important. And I did want to ask you to talk about glass ceilings too, because that <gasps> I tripped over that. I'm like, oh, <sighs> you started to do it. And literally like your, your run was aborted. Yeah, we got opening weekend, and then by this the second weekend, uh, the producers were sending out emails like, "Are you guys comfortable?" And you know, people were weighing in, yes, no, maybe. And about that time, the decision was taken out of our hands. Uh, to, that it just it had to close. It was in a really cool space down here called the Rockwell table and stage so it's you can have food and drinks and it's Mm. um an alternative space Mm -hmm. there's a place for a band up front but the stage was in the middle of all the tables and stuff so it's really cool okay yeah quite magical a terrific cast and then the um the content was just about women's stories being heard and uh, what was interesting when we did the first reading, because I auditioned actually through the online actor's access. So normally a musical's in person. The callback was in person, but mm-hmm. um, all I had for the callback were my sides. So I'm playing like a Hillary Clinton type okay. character, someone who 
got so far and still didn't make it. Um, although the story is hopeful, that doesn't, <laughs> that didn't really <laughs> encapsulate that very well. But uh, while we're reading the script, so I'm hearing it for the first time, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know that. Like I was meeting each of these women as a woman. I didn't know these women. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like right now people are just hearing about the Oklahoma Black Wall Street, that that was just unknown, right? I haven't, I haven't heard of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tulsa. It was a massacre. Oh. An absolute uh, 1920, I'm not going to have the year exactly right, but um, an entire black town that was very affluent, completely decimated. Oh. Yeah. You never heard of it. It was, that it was a just KKK thing? from history. Uh, yeah. Definitely white supremacist or oh. yeah, oh a race God. issue. Yeah. Terrifying. And so, you know, different and yet also the same, just the suppression of stories that aren't what have been chosen for us. Yeah. To hear that's each of these women. I was like, oh, this is so inspiring and exciting. And Mm -hmm. the way they put it together and the music's fantastic. It's a really great show that hopefully we'll get to come back. When things are different, it will come back again. If they may have to recast it because I was looking at it, it seemed like the the people in it fantastic they're on tv they're on broadway that's quite a company of women that you had right but everyone believed in it so much i could actually see them making it a priority to get back to it yeah, yeah that's how tight it was it was pretty exciting i did go to the website i think that they they are trying to raise money they want to take it to broadway what they should do is bring it up here and do it at berkeley rep because Berkeley Rep has done a lot of things that feeds to Broadway. That, that's true. You know what I saw recently? Um, in the last few years, I treated myself. Actually, it's so affordable, crazy, to Amundsen season tickets. So that's where all the Broadway tours come through. So every oh. couple months I was, you know, and because I was going by myself as like this great date with myself, yeah. I'd have this cool great seat. I'd be meeting, like, you know, experiencing whatever show it was with whoever was sitting next to me and just going, this is amazing. Um, But I didn't know what I was going into really. And I was so blown away was the show Come From Away. I haven't, I haven't seen (sighs) it, but I know, I know of it. It's theater brilliance. It's an ensemble. It's simple staging. It's everyone morphing into different characters, great music and an uplifting, um, it's an uplifting story and ending, but it's an uplifting human in like the humanity in it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's uh, aligning with the right things. It's so uh, brilliant. Wow. That's the type of musical I'd want to do. Or I love Ragtime. I'd do that again in a heartbeat. I uh, I saw Ragtime. I love Ragtime music because as you'll see, as you know. I heard it. I just, it's so cool. But anyway, yeah, that show. Anyway, Ragtime. I've- when it ended, I saw it at Theater Works first. And when it finished, I just sat in my seat and sobbed. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the, the melody is so haunting. Like yeah. it just kills me. Yeah. Something about that show also reminds me of, this is not the name of the show. What's the one about the Titanic? Is it called Titanic? The oh, musical? Yeah, I think it is. 
talk about depressing. There's actually, there's one great tune in that show and everything else is like, did you just hand out razor blades to the audience? (laughs) I just want to kill myself after listening to the show. It's just, that one was, I don't know why they did that. So but yes, you do. Everyone dies. Because of Kate and Leo and the success oh. there. That story was in like the atmosphere. Oh, you're right. And it's so funny because when I think about the Titanic, but I think I actually had the CD at one point because I used to buy everything. It reminds <laughs> me of Smash. Please tell me you watched Smash. Oh, yes. I loved Smash. <laughs> so the whole thing where he decides, you know, when um, the character decides to... Christian Borel becomes the director and he wants that airplane. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Totally. <laughs> I just can't get the airplane pushed in. Do we really need an airplane pushed in? <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that. <laughs> it's really funny. Gee, I heard a rumor that somehow they're going to mount the production of whatever smash would have been the stage oh. part of it. And oh my God. Actually do the show. That's funny. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it so many times. I'm like going, oh, I, I get a little tired of the soap opera part of it because all I really want to see is the theater part of it. The musical numbers. <laughs> Which are fantastic. They're so good. Yeah. I thought so too. I mean, too. Megan Hilty. <gasps> and it was really. Speaking uh, of. Yeah, yeah. She's fabulous. Um, That yeah. just reminded me of the Verdon Fosse. Verdon Fosse show on oh, yeah. fx did you yeah. watch that i watched all except the last one because it's so depressing yeah, and he was yeah. such a schmuck but yeah she's amazing oh my gosh she Michelle was fantastic she's and the, really... the numbers were cool oh yeah they were that was the best part but i had no idea how much she was behind so much of what he did because he was just like a loose cannon and that was interesting. focused and yeah so so uh powerful and did not at all ever received the credit for so much of what he did really right even after right. he screwed around on her left her i'm like going you're such a idiot you're yeah. an idiot boy child boy yeah. man man child whatever <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, so i was I have, just in my head going like how could she have taken back her power like how could you rewrite her ending like it's just that is such a common story it's so sad well she did walk away from him but he begged her to still help him I think he just always seemed to be kind of failing or flailing he didn't understand how to manage money spent too much money didn't know how to work with people he was too demanding and uh yeah I thought that what's his name did an awesome job. Oh my gosh, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. He's so good in everything. He is. Oh my god, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, I am. He is. He is truly a a great actor. He just three sees... billboards. So yes, different. I was oh thinking about my god, what a character arc. You know, because yeah. now that I've studied writing, I'm like going. You know, you feel like it's her story. It's not. It's his story. He's the one that goes through the biggest transformation. Yeah. Because he's so, oh my God, he's just so awful. <laughs> he can't get it together. And I did like how they would, um, in his mind, take it back to like him being a kid 
in vaudeville and working so hard. Are you talking about Fosse now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, you yeah, just yeah. did three billboards. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry, that's sorry, right. Sorry. That's what I meant in Bill. In, oh, that you thought yeah. it was her story and it was actually his. Yes. Yeah. Cause sometimes you see yes. a movie, you think it's about. Right. Cause they have a, they seem like they have a bigger part, but to me. Okay. Oh my God. It's the alarm. We're done. Yeah. No. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up because All right. we can take this, uh, we can take this offline, but you probably want to eat and. Eating's good. Eating's good. But this has been nothing but delightful. This has Thank been you. So much fun. Well, it is 90% you and me just trying to fluff up your skirt. <laughs> yes. Wait, that doesn't no, sound like I don't good, need but... anyone to help me with my skirt. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> Carrie Matson, thank you so much for coming and being with us today on Geeks in the Green Room. It's been a total pleasure. The pleasure has been 100% mine. This was so great, Heather. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It would make me really happy if someone enjoyed listening to this as much as we enjoyed saying it, but that seems far-fetched. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, this is it's a pretty sweet oh gig God. that you've created for yourself, I gotta say. And that concludes my interview with Carrie Madsen. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we had making it. Check out the show notes for info and links mentioned in the show. You've also been listening to Scott Joplin's The Strenuous Life from 1902, generously provided here by Ragnar Helsbong's wonderful website, ragsrag.com. Share the love by giving us an awesome review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And please pass the show around to your friends and family. And remember to subscribe here wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you want to get into the act, like the Geeks in the Green Room Facebook page. I'm your host, Heather Morrison. See you next time on Geeks in the Green Room. Mm-hmm.